Well, the book of Revelation, as I'm sure you've noticed, has moved to a time of judgment. Judgment is bittersweet. It is sweet because it means that there's the wrapping up of the times and entering into the golden age. It's bitter because people are going to experience the wrath of God. We're going to dive into a message called Bittersweet in Revelation 10 today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to the Walk in Truth weekend program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, and podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. And now, here's part three of Revelation 10 called Bittersweet. Write down Deuteronomy 32, 39 through 43. Here's what it says. See now that I, I am he, and there is no God besides me. It is I who put to death and give life. I have wounded, and it is I who heal. And there is no one who can deliver from my hand. Indeed, I lift up my hand to heaven and say, as I live forever, if I sharpen my flashing sword, my hand takes hold on justice, I will render vengeance on my adversaries. I will repay those who hate me. That's Deuteronomy 32, 39 through 41. The Lord lifts up his hand to heaven. The Lord is depicted as doing this. So it makes you wonder, is it the Lord Jesus? Is it an angel? Well, John calls him a mighty angel. And he's got this, uh, he's robed with a cloud. We can think of, for example, Psalm 104 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with splendor and majesty. It says in verse 3, he makes his clouds his chariot. So God is depicted as riding on the clouds as if it was his transportation. A rainbow being on this angel's head reminds us of a description of God's throne in Revelation 4.3. And even the promise given to Noah, God put his bow in the sky. And that was right after what? The flood came and God said, I'll never destroy the world again by a deluge of water. His face being like the sun is a Similar description to Jesus in Revelation 1.16. And even the Apostle Paul says that Jesus on the road to Damascus when he met the risen Lord shined more than the noonday sun. Matthew 17.2 at the transfiguration says that Jesus' face shone like the sun and his garments became white as light. Matthew 17.2. His feet like pillars of fire also is descriptions of God uh, for example, the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and a pillar of fire by night to give them light. That's Exodus 13, 21. So that's why people go back and forth in these descriptions. You can also write down Ezekiel 1, verses 26 through 28, and Ezekiel 8, verses 2 through 4. Ezekiel 1, 26 to 28, Ezekiel 8, 2 through 4. So again, this, this one that's coming down out of heaven, I'll just say to you, I'll leave it to your own study, but he is an impressive being, and he comes down, and uh, he's got something that John is going to have to uh, participate with. He, the angel, this is Revelation 10-2, had in his hand a little book or a little scroll which was open, and he placed his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. Now, I don't know how big this angel is, right? To place your left foot on the sea 
and your right foot on the land. Now, I've done that at, at the beach a couple of times, but it's only in the shallow water, right? You got to kind of get a little bit wide, right? But anyway, what this means is the land and the sea and his feet being upon them shows mastery. Mastery. Uh, in fact, in Psalm 8, it says, you have put thing, all things under his feet. There it's speaking of mankind, man having dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. Mastery, all things under his feet. One day the enemies will be at the feet of Jesus Christ. And so this little scroll is open, and the angels got it. And we did see a scroll in chapter 5. And the one who took the scroll out of the right hand who sit, of him who sits on the throne was Jesus. So there's some commentators who believe this is the same scroll. The same one as Revelation 6 is here. But notice it is called a little scroll. And uh, some people believe that it's a smaller part of God's judgment. Some believe that it may speak of rapidity or a rapidness of God's judgment. But it does show God's mastery. And if this angel is representing God, minimally that's what he is doing. It shows that God is the king of, of glory. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and also all those who dwell in it. Everything belongs to God. Everyone belongs to God. And so when the judgment comes, it's going to be God really saying, you know what, this is my planet. I've let you have free reign long enough. Now my king is going to reign. You've had plenty of kings. You've had plenty of presidents. You've had plenty of shots at this. Now I'm going to fix it. I'm going to install my king on Zion, Psalm chapter 2. And the people are going to shake their fists at this king. And they're not going to want to be on board with his plan. And God sits in the heavens, Psalm 2, and he laughs. Because man's going to be shaking his fist at God until the bitter end. And he, verse 3, Revelation 10, the mighty angel cried out with a loud voice as when a lion roars. Man, even his voice is similar to God's voice. And when he had cried out, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. Now he's got the scroll. He's got a foot on the land, a foot on the sea, an impressive voice. He roars like a lion, like the king of the jungle. Man, that's impressive. Roar. Remember, when you first meet the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz and that strong roar that he's got, ain't it the truth? Courage. Ain't it the truth? Until he gets that little slap on his nose by Dorothy. Why'd you go into that? Right? And he's nothing but a big sissy. Oh, it's hard, missy, when you're born to be a sissy without the feminine foive. Anyway, that's a line from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> but Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And Joel 3.16 says he roars from Zion. And I love the, the story that C.S. Lewis wrote of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Great story, right? The white witch, man, she's so sneaky and freezes people in her garden. It's terrible, right? But then, remember the scene when the lion gets to her and, and he mauls her? Her wand goes up and it's all over. A glorious scene. Anyway. So he cries out with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he cried out, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. Now, seven is a big number in the book of Revelation. And seven is a number that speaks of what? 
perfection and completion. And that's going to be key here. And so the seven uh, peals of thunder were about to speak. Now, I would imagine that this kind of speaks of God's voice because God's voice is like thunder. And uh, it does say voices here, so I'll leave that to your own interpretation. But he has the voice like many waters we see in this, this book of Revelation. And when the angel roared, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. They start to say stuff. And Psalm 29 says this, Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. That's Psalm 29, verses 1 through 5. In Isaiah 29, verses 5 and 6, it says, In an instant, suddenly, you will be visited by the Lord of hosts with thunder and with earthquake and with a great noise, with whirlwind and tempest and the flame of a devouring fire. The Lord's voice is powerful. Write down also Joel three sixteen and 17. And so the angel roars, the seven peals of thunder, verse 4, had spoken. And John, who's been writing all kinds of things down because he's supposed to write down this prophecy. That's what the book of Revelation is. Write down the message, John. So John's uh, like a note-taker. Those, those note-takers in class, man, how many of you are good note-takers? I mean, I, I taught Truth Academy last night. Here's a commercial for Truth Academy. Pastor Brian's moved on to Mexico. So I'm teaching the New Testament survey class in Truth Academy so uh, just so you know, you can come and sit in and get an idea of what that class is all about. I will say publicly that there's an online option, and Pastor John has chosen that option this particular quarter. The moment I started teaching, Pastor John went to an online option. So I don't, actually, I do know what to make of that. So never mind. <laughs> So John says, I was about to write, man, these seven peals of thunder spoke, right? I was about to write. That tells me John knew what they said. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up. Think of Daniel that we just uh, read about, Daniel 12. Seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. So John was just about to write. And he told, whoa, don't write this down. Now, everybody flip over Revelation 22 for a second. Revelation 22, verse 10. Revelation twenty-two ten 10 says, He said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. The whole of the book of Revelation is not to be sealed up. So I take it as the 22 chapters of Revelation. But this portion, this smaller portion, associated with this little scroll, if you will, is to be sealed up. Now the question is why? What did these seven peals of thunder say? What was the message that was being articulated that John was about to write and then he's told not to write? Inquiring minds want to know. I want to know. But I don't know. <laughs> because where the Bible is silent, we must be silent. But I'll tell you a uh, uh, I'll call it an educated speculation. 
Maybe this is God's voice from heaven during the day of the Lord speaking to mankind. You've been listening to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program. Hey everybody, my name is Shane Lance and I have the privilege and honor of being the music director here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to a really cool event that we have coming up called A Journey to Him. This event is an opportunity for our high school students and young adult students to put on a performance where they get to use the talents that God has given them such as poetry and spoken word, original music, dance, even some painting is going to be happening. And if you want more information on this event, you can go to the App Store on Android or iPhone and get our Living Truth app. Just look for the little red circle with the white pillars inside of it, or you can also go to livingtruthcorona.org. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. What was the message that was being articulated that John was about to write And then he's told not to write. Inquiring minds want to know. I want to know. But I don't know. (laughs) Because where the Bible is silent, we must be silent. But I'll tell you, uh, uh, I'll call it an educated speculation. Maybe this is God's voice from heaven during the day of the Lord speaking to mankind. Uh, roaring from Zion, which we do have evidence from other scriptures that he does this, and that people are fearful of not only his presence, but we could add his voice. I don't know for sure, but the context seems to be that maybe this is God's judgment, his words to the world, um, his voice to the world. I don't know, but I'll let you consider that. And the angel whom I saw standing, Revelation 10.5, on the sea... And on the land, lifted up his right hand to heaven. I mentioned to you that you can see that also in Deuteronomy 32, verse 40. And it's the Lord speaking. So when this happens, the angel whom I saw standing on the sea, on the land, lifted up his right hand to heaven. Now, let me ask you, what do you think is going on there? Why at this moment does this angel or this messenger lift up his hand to heaven? What do you think he's doing? Here's what I think. I think he's making a vow. I think there's a promise being shown here. I think there's, there's some sort of vow that's being taken. I think this is, God, you are going to be true to your word. This will come to pass. God will make good on his promises. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe the promises in Christ are yes and amen? Do you believe that you're going to rise? Do you believe that God is on the throne? Do you believe that Jesus is coming again? Well, I think that's what's going on. I think this angel swears, and this is verse 6, which confirms it, and swore by him who lives forever and ever. There's an oath. To take such a vow, says one writer, is to affirm before God that one is going to speak the truth. That vow has indicated that what the angel was about to say was of the utmost importance and truthfulness. And so he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven, the things in it, the earth and the things in it, the sea and the things in it. I was thinking of those uh, programs that show you the aquatic life, you know, under the sea that you never get a chance to see. 
the incredible colors and variety and creative majesty under the sea? I tried it. Anyway, (laughs) it's incredible, isn't it? It's phenomenal. You see those fish in there? They do that kind of funny (laughs) schools of fish and, I mean, whales and weird-looking things that bottom feeders and top feeders and in-betweeners. It's incredible. The colors. God made everything in heaven. That's all the angels. He made everything on earth, all the people, all the animals. He made everything in the sea. He's the creator. The things in it. And here's the word. Here's the promise. This is probably the core of it. That there shall be delay no longer. Do you remember in Revelation 6, I think it's verse 9, the martyr said, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you avenge our blood? The church has been praying for 2,000 years. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We've been saying, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Many have prayed for the second coming of Christ. That will be even more intensified in a time of great tribulation, don't you think? When people will be saying, rescue us, Lord. They've spilled enough blood. They've done wrong. And this angel with an oath between him and heaven to the eternal God, verse 6, says there's going to be no more delay. The time is now. There's going to be a time when we won't be talking about the future anymore. There's going to be a time in the millennial reign of Christ when we'll talk about perhaps the past, if we'll go there. But everything to us in this book, as we look at the future, second coming of Christ, has been future. Second coming, come Lord Jesus. When is going to happen? When are we going to have new heavens and a new earth? When are the wolf and the lamb going to lie together? When is the lion going to eat the straw? When is the kid going to play by the viper's hole? When is there going to be no more death and no more mourning and no more crying and no more sorrow and no more pain? I'll tell you what, I'm tired of seeing death. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing the stuff that sin has done to this planet. I want to embrace a time when the delay will be no more. And the oath by him who lives forever and ever is there will be a time when we can say it is now. Look at the end of verse 6. There will be no more delays. Why does God delay? Because he doesn't want anybody to perish. So we live in between the times, right? Between the first and second advent of Christ. We live between the first coming of Jesus Christ when he paid for sin and rose from the dead and the second coming when he's going to judge the world in righteousness and rescue his bride. We live between the times. But at least we live in the new covenant. (laughs) At least we have the 66 books of the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit who sealed us for what? The day of redemption. We have a lot going for us and a lot to be grateful for. And one day, where is the promise of his coming is going to be answered with his coming. The Lord Jesus Christ will come. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, verse 7, when he is about to sound, and remember we said he doesn't sound until chapter 11, verse 15, then the mystery of God is finished as he preached to his servants, the prophets. When this seventh trumpet blast occurs, The mystery of God will be finished. What is the mystery of God? Quickly, because we're running out of time. Colossians 2.2 talks about the mystery of God is Christ. Colossians 1, 
Verse 26 says, The mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, what? The hope of glory. In Ephesians 3, verses 3 through 7, we have the mystery of the church, Jew and Gentile, coming together in one body. That's a mystery. But there's one I want to show to you, and it's very relevant to this topic. It's found in Romans 11. Romans 11. So you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Go over to Romans 11. Look at verse 25. Romans 9, 10, and 11 are trying to answer the question about what happened to Israel. Will God work again in Israel? Has he not, is he not going to make good on his promises to the people of Israel? To whom receive the covenants and the promises? Romans 11, verse 25 says these words. I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, Romans eleven twenty-five. The mystery of God is finished, we just saw in Revelation. I don't want you to be uninformed of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until what happens? The fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and thus all Israel will be saved. Just as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, or I wrote in my notes, he will roar from Zion, Joel 3.16, and he will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. You know, God made an unconditional covenant with the people of Israel as he started with Abraham. And, you know, as you see Isaac and Jacob and you see the unfolding of what God did in Israel, he is going to work again in the nation of Israel. We know that there are right now what we call Messianic believers that have trusted in Messiah Jesus, but there's a time coming when God is going to work again in the nation of Israel. So let's be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Let's let's keep bringing the, the Jewish people before the Lord, that their eyes would be opened. It's beautiful. I, I think the, the main thing I want to just get across is that God is true to his promises. No matter what the bumps and bruises over history have been, the ups and downs, the unbelief, the rejection, God is faithful to his promises. And that's something that you can remember for yourself. God says he will never leave you or forsake you. If you're a Christian today, hang in there. God will be true to finish what he started in you. Hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance, and I'm excited to let you know that we have something new for you that our team's developed here at Walk in Truth. It's a daily devotional coming out of our church in the city of Corona called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. A great brother in the Lord named Paul Hicks has been doing devotionals during the week that you can get on your phone several times a week. I'm personally blessed by these. I get to open them up and be encouraged by a scripture verse and some thoughts from Paul. And you have the opportunity to subscribe to this Step Closer devotion to help you in your walk with the Lord and literally to help you get a step closer in your walk with Jesus. I know life is busy. I know sometimes it's hard to crack open your Bible every day. And so this is a way just to access something on your phone. It'll be there for you. You can read it, be encouraged. I know for me personally, it's always good to just start my day with the Word of God, have a little devotional thought, some time of prayer, and it just seems to kind of orient or set right my whole day. I'm sure you can relate to that. Well, we have this for you. It's available when you uh, text 
step closer, the word step closer as one word actually, to 33222. Remember, it's all one word, text step closer as one word to 33222. One more time, step closer, 33222. Text that today. Join us in this walk as you and I get a step closer in our walk with Jesus. Now, I serve as senior pastor at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, the great church behind Walk in Truth. We have many events like Bible studies and breakfast, church services, youth groups. And of course, we want to invite you. We'd love to have you come out. We've had several of our listeners come out and spend time with us, worship with us, and we'd love for you to do the same. In fact, recently I had a chance to spend some time with a father and daughter who were from the L.A. area. If you're listening, you know who you are. We had a chance to just interact and even share a little time in the courtyard and get to know each other. It was awesome, and I would love for you to do the same. So if you've been listening for a while, maybe you've been thinking about coming out and worshiping with us, we would love to have you, and I would love to meet you personally. So come on out to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. It's a great church. I know you'll enjoy your visit. You can download the Living Truth app in your app store. You'll always know exactly what's going on here at the church in Corona. You can find out about service times. You can find out about directions. Download the Living Truth app in your app store today. You'll know it by the red logo with the pillars. Now come back tomorrow because we're going to conclude the teaching on Revelation 10 called Bittersweet. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you. Remember, to learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, podcast, or to donate, visit walkintruth.com. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.